Today, here on Cincy Business Talk with Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. We'll be talking to business leaders about how they have grown their businesses and people. We discuss new strategies, tactics, and philosophies which lead to positive growth in our marketplace. Our program is sponsored by Sandler Training by Roth & Associates. Each week, we'll talk with our best Cincinnati area top executives about their tools and insights. Our regular listeners will be given the edge that will help them win in a competitive environment which we live. Simple solutions to complex problems which challenge all of us are rarely correct. We will address complex problems or opportunities with appropriate solutions. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. Now your host, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer, Mike Roth. Thanks, Scott. This is Mike Roth. I'm here today with Dr. Jeff Shepard, the CEO and founder of Medicheck. Thanks for joining me, Jeff. Hey, thanks for having me, Mike. Appreciate sure. it. Before we get started, I thought I'd tell our listeners about some of the good shows that we have coming up. Next Friday, we have Pete Strange, the CEO of Mesa Construction. And the following week, we have a commercial and residential realtor, Len Kugler. Then we're going to have a, a mystery show on the 14th. Hmm. It may be psychologically thrilling for some people. And on the 21st of March, we're going to have Trisha Reynolds, a bookkeeping company CEO. Her name of her company is Ducks in a Row. Then we're going to have on the 28th of March, John Rogaine, who is the CEO of for North America of Segeti USA, Capgemini Segeti. They've been one of the larger Sandler global accounts over the years. In fact, they've probably been a Sandler account since I can remember, 22 years. After that, on the, looks like the 4th of April, we're going to have Pat Longo. He is the CEO of Hamilton County Development Center. Great right? guy. Great guy. You know yeah, him. Great okay, guy. that's good. And then we have a, a serial entrepreneur from Cincinnati, a fellow named Mike Lee, who runs two companies. He, he has a company called Proxy Marketing Solutions, which is a uh, logistics shipping company for fulfillment, as well as a a company that is successfully marketing a uh, male testosterone supplement pill through Costco, uh, GNC, drugs.com. Very successful uh, company. And uh, let's see, some of the Sandler things coming up in uh, March. On March 26th is the next one-day cold call camp. That's where we teach salespeople how to get beyond gatekeepers, build three scripts for the contact, maybe four if we're lucky that day, and develop at least five methodologies to break other people's voicemail. So at least 70% of the time when you leave a voicemail message, they call you back within 24 business hours. Highly effective program, and usually at the end of the program, we have about two hours of practicum where we actually make cold calls and we actually debrief what happened. makes people better. We have another another set of our... uh, Foundations program that also begins in April. Now, let me tell everyone a little about you, Jeff. You are a career entrepreneur. You've created or have been involved with over a dozen startup companies in the past 20 years, and you've built foundations for the changing world that we live in. A dozen startup companies. It's been one wild ride, that's for Uh, sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. As an entrepreneur, Jeff is the CEO and chairman of the board of Medicheck LLC, a technology company in the health IT marketplace specializing on bettering the health through medication 
adherence. As an educator, Dr. Shepard has taught in the areas of entrepreneurship, leadership, management for the past nine years. He has served as the role of uh, full-time department chair, faculty, as well as part-time faculty at five different universities. Some people say you can have a trouble keeping a job at five different places. I know. Jeff has served as a department chair, full-time faculty, as well as part-time faculty at five different universities. Uh, what schools did you actually teach at, Jeff? I taught at, let's see, I've taught at uh, Union Institute University, which is located here in Cincinnati. Taught at Cuca College in in New York, Madai College in Western New York, and then we're a couple online universities. I, I also teach a class currently for St. John Fisher, which is located in Rochester, New York. I do do something similar to this. It's, a, it's an online format where I'm able to utilize Skype cameras and, and all sorts of wonderful technology and deliver really in, interesting content to students uh, from, from far away. It's, it's a lot of fun. No, that's good. That's good. You've done some academic research in the area of small business incubators and talent management, and your work has been published. We should talk a little bit about that today. Dr. Shepard holds a BS degree in organizational management from Roberts Wesleyan College in ex I'm gonna, I'm, Chile. Chile, Chile, New York. New York. <laughs> I, I would say Chile. He has obtained a MBA from Meadowville College in Buffalo and holds a PhD in interdisciplinary studies with a focus on ethics and creative leadership with secondary concentration in humanities from the Union Institute and University in Cincinnati. We've actually had someone on from the uh, Union Institute. Dissertation focused on small business incubators. That's interesting. I guess there hasn't been much research on the effectiveness of small business incubators. You know, it's a fascinating area of study. There's been, you know, what's really interesting when I got into researching it a little more is to recognize I grew up about 20 miles from the first small business incubator in the country, which I didn't even know until I started my research. Mm -hmm. And um, I knew it existed. I didn't know it was the first one. And uh, they've only been around for about 50 years, and there's been a lot of transformations over the last 15 years or so because of of all the great technology that's come about. So uh, I I think the best is yet to come, and and we've learned a lot in 50 years, and it's been a fun research topic. Mm -hmm. Have you ever visited the... uh Research small business incubator at Tech Columbus. No, I haven't been. To, that's one I haven't been to, but I've heard great things about it. Yeah, I've visited there several times. They they have quite an assortment of tech companies from information technology, bioscience, and emerging technologies. I studied. Yeah, I studied the topic for about six years, and I I'd been to I've been to just about a little over fifty of them. And wow. yeah, they're fast. It's a fascinating area of study. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Are most of them effective, or are they a poor use of our economic resources? That's a, that's a tough question. I think to say they're a poor use of resources is, is looking at specific um, outcomes that in some cases aren't defined or aren't agreed upon and from whom, whomever's setting them up. What I've noticed, you know, just and what's the case here locally as well, is that there's a lot of great things that are happening in incubators, sometimes that go unnoticed or that, that don't show up in, you know, a spreadsheet somewhere. And I think that's one of the areas that isn't, isn't explored or talked about, you know, looking at where does technology evolve from, the ideation process and how that evolves. And some of these incubators are set up to do magnificent things for the communities and are effective economically, so economical solutions. Some aren't. So 
I think they range, and, and a lot of it has to do with leadership. So depending on the type of leader that's in the organization, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's a big outcome as to their success overall. I guess I look at the success ratio of how many companies get into the incubator and how many emerge as successful profit-making companies. Uh, like you, I was involved in my career in uh, not quite as many startups, but with uh, a fellow named uh, Bill Von Meister, whose name you probably don't know. No, but, I don't know. But he brought cable and wireless to America, and I was his fifth employee. It was a great ride. We had about four or five companies with Bill. And the last company, which I didn't get on the ride for, was uh, something that became AOL. Oh, wow. He was a big believer in gambling over the Internet. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. In the early 1980s, it was it was really, really strange. But anyway, we'll get, get on to t- telling uh, our listeners a little bit about your, your company now and, and what the MediCheck product is. Sure. So MediCheck is a medication adherence platform. We, we, ha- we make software and hardware to be used in that specific area. Medication adherence, everybody always asks, you know, what's the specific? T- tell us a little more, more about that and the meaning behind that. And that's just the ability to make sure that you're taking your medication prescribed by doctors at the right time and the right dosage. And medication adherence as a problem in our healthcare systems is it's a $360 billion problem. So because of because it is such a big problem, there's been a lot of innovators that have looked to build solutions to help solve it. So when somebody doesn't take their medication as prescribed or regularly, they end up in the doctor's office. It could be they could end up in the emergency room. Mm-hmm. So what sort of tools can innovators provide or build to help help people remember to take their medication? And everybody struggles with it. It's not something that you know, just elderly struggle with. Or, you know, we're, we're looking at a range everywhere from adolescent youth all the way, and even prior to that, younger children than that, that their parents are caregivers for them. And, you know, those caregivers, you have to remind them that the children need to take their medication all the way up to people in their 90s. Well, sure. There's a lot, of dis- lot more distractions today than there ever were before. Sure. So what we've done was we've built a hardware solution that runs our software and reminds people to take medication um, by offering alerts and then having backup systems in place to make sure that they take their medication as prescribed by doctors. So uh, you actually have a hardware device kind of similar to a, an iPad? It's very similar to a tablet. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it has a seven-inch screen, um, sits in a nice stand, plugs into the wall. But unlike an iPad or an Android device, our device is, use, is, is much easier to use. So instead of making any swiping or multi-gesturing, ours is just simple touches, and you respond to the actions that the device asks you, asks you to do. So in other words, it says, did you take your daily aspirin? Yeah, so, well, no, yeah, so, no, that's great. That's exactly how it works. You know, our database is pretty large, so we have a little over 156,000 different types of medication in our database. That includes everything from aspirin, vitamins, over-the-counter medications to prescribed by doctors as well. So, Mm -hmm. in addition to that, there's 46,000 high-resolution images. So, these are real big databases. A lot of information is packed in there. What happens is, if it's time, if you take a daily medication at 9 a.m., when it's time for you to take the medication, the device actually alarms, and it'll tell you, touch the screen to proceed taking your medication. You touch the screen, all you do is touch it. It shows you a high-resolution picture of your medication, 
Mm-hmm. Tells you how many pills you're supposed to take. Mm-hmm. Ask you if you took your, if you take the pill, you press the box. And as soon as that happens, it sends notifications out to your caregivers. It could be your physician, anyone that's worried about you taking the medication in time. And this is a big problem. And we found that so far in our testing that we've done and, and our beta clients, people are really excited to have those notifications sent out and people staying involved in their... How many uh, beta devices do you have out now? Geez, we have quite a few out um, in the market in a whole bunch of different areas. We have uh, private beta. We have some public betas that are going on right now. So um, I can't give you specific numbers. There's quite a few. Uh, We're learning a lot from our betas, and we're looking to bring our product actually into the market within the next couple months. So you'd be able to order one for yourself or one of your loved ones, somebody maybe you're taking care of. Sure, sure. Jeff has agreed to answer questions from the audience. So if you have a question, you can call in on 646-595-4916. We'll be able to screen those questions during the uh, commercial breaks. Jeff, one more question before we go to the first commercial break. How, How should people find out more about the MetaCheck device Yeah, the best software. Sure. So you can go to our website. That's usually the best place, www.metacheck, and it's spelled M-E-D-A-C-H-E-C-K.com. And that'll give you some more information on the company, on our products, and you can actually even sign up to receive more information. Good. Let's, uh, let's hear from uh, Jimmy Fox. He's going to talk about the Tip Club. We have a... An extra tip club meeting this month coming up in, on March 5th. That's a Wednesday from 7.30 a.m. to 9 a.m. here in Eastgate. Jimmy, why don't you take it away? And again, the call-in number is 646-595-4916. Hi, I'm Jimmy Fox of Tip Club. Tip Club is a professional networking organization whose members help each other succeed. We meet once per month and provide a forum where business-to-business professionals are able to connect with more desirable opportunities and build long-term strategic partnerships. I'm inviting Cincinnati Business Talk listeners to come to our free networking event. You'll have the opportunity to meet new people, share leads and referrals, and grow your business through strategic alliances. Membership in our Cincinnati group is open to only one person per specific trade or occupation. Business-to-business professionals only, please. We do not accept multi-level marketing or recruiting-driven memberships. This is our only group in Cincinnati. We'll meet on the third Thursday of the month from 7.30 to 9 a.m. at Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, 4357 Ferguson Drive, Cincinnati, Ohio. To reserve a seat please go to www.tipclub.com and click on the Events tab at the top of the page. Then, just scroll down the list until you come to the Cincinnati event. Or you may call 800-798-0270. That's 1-800-798-0270. Thank you, and we look forward to seeing you at our next networking event. This is Mike Roth. I'm back here with Dr. Jeff Shepard, CEO of MediCheck. Jeff, if someone want, has a specific question about MediCheck device or how it might work in their family or situation, 
How do they get in touch with sure. you or someone that met, else at Metacheck? Yeah, they actually just send me an email directly, and we make it easy. It's just my first name, J-E-F-F, at metacheck.com, M-E-D-A-C-H-E-C-K.com. And I take a lot of email from from people using our device currently. That's that's some of, Those are my favorite emails to get. I get great stories and, and information from caregivers and people using the device. It's a lot of fun. So I'm still not 100% clear how it works. A user of the device would have one device per human being? Correct, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And let's say they're supposed to take a pill at uh, 10 a.m., right? But they go out to bingo at, uh, at 9.30. Sure. What happens? Well, the device is going to ring them. Ring, ring until they actually come back from bingo. So hopefully bingo is not too long. But in the event that it goes on too long, we'll actually make a phone call to that customer or that patient and say, "Did you take your medication? You know, are you away?" And, and is is that an automated call? No, or? it's that actual. We have a call center that we work with, and they make those phone calls. And the real reason we do that is what we found is sometimes people don't get out of bed to take medication because they don't feel good or mm-hmm. they're feeling depressed or there's something else going on there. And what we found out from making these calls is there's, you know, usually there's a problem. They're not taking their medication. They're not, you know, utilizing the, the, the device and it leads to additional down the road. So this is kind of one of those situations where if you can head it off a couple of days early, sometimes you keep people out of the emergency room and you know, sometimes you just treat them right at the home, help get a caregiver involved or something along those lines. And mm-hmm. Does the device send a message to people's cell phones or uh, other devices? Yeah, so the way it would work is in the event that they missed a, uh, one of their medications. Well, let's say I'm traveling. Oh, I'm, sure. I'm going to get on the plane and go to California. Okay. And so I, I pack the Medicheck device with sure. its power supply in my suitcase because okay. I don't want to carry it on. Yep. So what we'll do is we're going to make a phone call to you because you're not you're – not reacting to the device, mm-hmm. you'll tell us, hey, I'm getting on an airplane. I won't be checking in for a couple hours or a couple days or whatever the case may be. And we can adjust the software so when you land, we get you set back up again and back on your medication regimen. It's that important. I mean, most of the folks that are using our medication adherence software and hardware, they're using it because they need to take medication to stay alive or to stay healthy. So it's, an, it's a very important part of their life. They take it very seriously. So this, this uh, product's been really helpful in that, and we, we've had a couple people that do some traveling, and, you know, we've we've had to understand their, their travel requirements and how all that works, and we just adjust How many medications a day uh, would someone need to be taking to make this a worthwhile investment? Well, it could be as few as one. Jeff, ultimately, when do you think the product will be available to the general public? Yeah, we're hoping to have the product out to, you know, anyone really who's interested in taking better care of themselves through medication adherence probably within the next two or three months. And uh, all that information, actually, you'll be able to sign up within the next couple of weeks on our website to be part of that first trial of betas that are going out to the general public. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if you want to jump the gun and, and make sure you're on the list, we've got over 100 people on that list from that are just begging me, sending me emails. So just feel free to do so. We'll get you. We'll get you up on that list. And like I said before, just send it to my email. It's Jeff at metacheck.com. What will a device cost, and is there a monthly fee? Sure. The the device itself costs $179 per unit, and then a monthly fee is $30 a month for the monitoring of the device. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, the end user puts in what his medic his or her medications are. 
we actually will help them with that process. So okay. we'll actually make a phone call to the patient after they receive their device, go through all that information. If they're taking more than five medications on a daily basis, we actually have a pharmacist on staff, and she'll contact them, go over their whole medication regimen, make sure that they don't have any drug interaction. There's some software out there that does some similar to that. In fact, the way our product's designed, we have software that does that and it's included, but we uh, we take it one step further because you know there's there's a lot of errors that are you know computers have errors too and mm-hmm. we we like getting a, a pharmacist involved somebody that's specialized in it has over 25 years experience in doing that sure there's a lot of uh, seniors and other people that that take more than five sure. different types of medications that well and they, and they have different physicians some mm-hmm. of them they have specialists that they see mm-hmm. they might see us uh, you know, counselors. Every, they're getting prescriptions from all these different sources, and you know sometimes these drugs have interactive qualities that you know you have to look out for. It can cause a lot of big problems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What made you uh, take off down the road of, of Medicheck? Kind of, a, you know, it's it's an interesting story. I, you know, I, I love to tell. I, there was a night I was laying in bed and I couldn't sleep. I take a medication daily for my heart, and if I don't take my medication, I can't sleep. And you know, I lay away, laid awake, and I thought. You know, I carry a cell phone around with me all the time. It'd be great if I had an app to, that I could do that with. And I, you know, I said, you know what, this is a great idea. So I looked, and there were there were a lot of apps that did that. Mm-hmm. And what I started to realize was, well, maybe I can build something that's a little better than than what's out there. So we did. We built this amazing app, and we started using it, and we 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 put it out to beta. This was back in the fall of 2012. And what we found really quickly was that People loved our product. We were really not a whole lot different than other people in the market, but the people that really, really needed our product were elderly seniors, so people on the other side of 70, 80 years old. And they were they were the ones that were really struggling with medication adherence, and it was causing the biggest, I guess you could say, issue in their health care. So we recognized, though, that only a small major- minority of those folks were using um, mobile devices or tablets. And we thought at that point, we said, you know what, we, this is the area that we're going to focus our energy on. We're going to concentrate on the real small, this real large group of seniors that don't use technology in this way. We're going to build a product that's really, really easy to use. And that's going to be the product that, and we're, and we're going to, we're going to take it to market that way. And we did that. We made the pivot last year about this time, really going that direction real hard. We have some great investors that that hopped in behind us on this mission. They believed in us. We've had a lot of great support from the community, and it's been a real, real successful move since then, moving into that space. And where are you building the device? Where? I'm sorry. Yeah. Where? Um, so the device we we're actually most of the components of the device come from overseas because you know here in the United States we just don't manufacture things like that. Um, but we're doing a lot of the assembly actually in the state of Ohio, mm-hmm. which is which is great, and we're hoping even down the road, our next variation of the product that's coming later this year will be 100% assembled here in Ohio. So that, and that's really our goal moving forward. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. That's kind of an, an onshoring uh, operation. You know, and, and it's it's interesting because, you know, of course, our heart's here and, and you know, we want to do the right thing. We want to be, you know, patriotic and, and, and great citizens of the state of Ohio. But at the same time, you can do it more efficiently here. Uh, managing the process, managing efficiencies and the technology, making sure things are done correctly. So um, it's not only a efficient decision; it's also quality. We're ex- you know we're excited about making that change. 
Good. We're going to take a uh, short commercial break here. Again, if you have a question for Jeff, you can call in on 646-595-4916. Here's Sam rule number 21. Hi, this is Paul Lanigan with Standard Training. And I'm here today to talk to you about Rule 21. Sell today, educate tomorrow. Christmas 2002 was a special Christmas for me because I'd just completed my first year in business, but I had a problem. I had a very fast-looming tax filing deadline. Coincidence, or luck would have it, that there was, there's a well-known accounting software company that had a 10-day trial software offer that was in a local business periodical. I called the company and I had my credit card in one hand, phone cradle like this under my chin, and I called the number. A very pleasant sales rep answered the phone and asked me how she could help. I said, I'm interested in that software package that you have. Straight away she said, oh that's our new product, it's just released and it'll do all your VAT returns for you automatically. Now, VAT is a type of transaction tax we have in business in, in Ireland. But the problem is, sales training companies are exempt from VAT tax. So I told her this. So she then reached into her bag of features and threw another one at me. This will manage all your inventory for you. Of course, it's a training company. We don't have a lot of inventory. You see, she was trying to educate me on her product and trying to sell me on what my need is. Instead, if she had asked me, what prompted you to give us a call or how were you hoping I might be able to help you? I'd have told her that I needed a solution to file my taxes. I'd have file told her that I was frustrated, that I was pulling my hair out, that I needed something fast. Remember the rule, sell today, educate me tomorrow. Sell me on what I need right now, what's my priority? And then tomorrow, you can tell me about all the other wonderful things that your product does. Mike Roth, I'm back with Jeff Shepard. Jeff, how do you look at the, the business plan for your company? How many units do you plan to have out at the end of the next year, the year from now? Sure. So when we talk about um, the business plan for the year, really, we look at it as a, a, a based around a four-quarter, I guess you could say, game. You know, you could take a sports analogy into the mix. So we're constantly making adjustments on a weekly, monthly basis to make sure that we're hitting those uh, hitting those production goals, hitting those sales goals, and you know we look at it more specifically as to um, you know making doing doing hitting the milestones that we set out for ourselves and pushing pushing things forward. So I don't I don't think it's a specific you know we we talk about goals on a monthly quarterly basis. We're not looking at things from a from an annual perspective as far as how many units we like to look at it from how much revenue are we going to drive into the company and those sorts of things. And, you know, that's something that we, we evolve, it evolves and changes uh, based on, you know, how the technology is moving forward. And in a startup, you know, a lot of it too is, you know, you kind of make these assumptions based on everything happening or, and, and then you have, you know, the, the factors that come into play that you just can't plan for and you have to make adjustments. But, 
we're real bullish about our 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 year where we're going to end up being at the end of 2014. And I don't um, I don't give a, a number. I wouldn't give a number out right now, but I have an idea what we'll be. We're going to be in really good shape. Mm-hmm. Uh, is your device going to be covered under uh, Obamacare? You know, that's a great question. We're actually in the process right now of exploring that in a very great detail. We've utilized some uh, some folks that are experts in that field that are digging a little deeper. Uh, with medication adherence being such a large problem, with, you know, accountable care organizations and, and the Affordable Care Act, there are some opportunities for us to get into Medicare, Medicaid, and, and some of these other folks for reimbursement. So we're looking at what sort of things our product needs to do or evolve into to make sure that we get hit those um, reimbursement codes and, and get into those spaces. And, you know, that's something that we, we spend a lot of time with. You know, we want to build a product that's going to help people. It's going to keep them healthy and save lives. And, and more specifically, if it can be uh, reimbursed, it's going to be able to get out in the hands of more people. So that's something that we, we're focusing a lot of energy on right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the in the marketplace, what other opportunities do you see for your type of device? Well, it's it's interesting because you know the way our device is designed is around medication adherence, but more specifically, what we've recognized is once you put a device in a home of someone that doesn't necessarily use technology, all of a sudden they want it to do other things. And you know, we kind of joked in the beginning and said, you know, this device, you know, it's only for medication adherence. You can't use it to play solitaire or you know, these different games that everybody wants, checkers or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, take pictures or, or, or check email. And, and what we found is that's, that, that was a great, a great first step. And what, we're, what we have learned, though, since then is that physicians' offices specifically or specialists can utilize the device to do other things to connect to seniors at their home. So send them specific messages. Um, they can also uh, collect different information, so interacting with other devices, uh, Bluetooth pulse oximeters, blood pressure cuffs, weight scales, those sorts of things. It's all so important to the health and well-being of the individual that's using the product. So almost creating that conduit or a gateway between the home and the physician is something that we're exploring. We continue to explore, and it's part of our future growth. So the device has Bluetooth connectivity? Correct. The, we, we, we utilize the latest in Bluetooth technology in the device. So we can connect to other devices. Our software is able to make those adjustments down the road, something we're, we're working on now and we'll be releasing to the public later, maybe hopefully later this year. So how does, uh, <clears throat> when someone puts into the device that they took a pill, mm-hmm. how does that information get back to your central yeah. controller? So we have, it's, you know, it's cloud-based technology, so all that information comes into us. There's two ways it could work. Number one, you could use 3G capabilities, which is the direction we're moving as a company. The majority of our products that are going to be going out are going to be 3G capable. So just similar to the technology a cell phone uses. So mm-hmm. if you're in a cell phone tower area, you can utilize our device. We have some people who live out in rural areas that the cell phones don't hit. A lot of those individuals you know, for some sort of a communication or other using Wi-Fi technology, and we can also work with that. So it's either Wi-Fi or 3G. And, you know, we haven't bumped into any people that we're having problems with that, that couldn't do one or the other. So, and, and we found the success with 3G has been overwhelmingly successful, and people prefer that device. Mm-hmm. Any particular vendors, 3G, or is it just one? Any, I'm sorry, well, Verizon, oh, or Verizon. T1, uh, T-Mobile, um, Sprint. You know, we 
works we work with one exclusive carrier right now um, and but we're exploring relationships with some others you know and it, it's 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 specific to the part of the country you're in so you know we have some areas that we know T-Mobile is going to be more powerful than Verizon or AT&T or something along those lines that you know and we we're working with those uh, organizations now to to come up with deals that work good uh, we're going to take a commercial break here, and uh, if you have any questions for Jeff, uh, you can call in on five one. I'm sorry, six four six area code five nine five four nine one six. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. Imagine you just left your prospect's office, and he now has your proposal quote or estimate. What do you suppose he's going to do with that valuable information that you just gave him for free? Call you tomorrow with an order? Get real. He's shopping it around to the competition. Hi, this is Mike Roth, founder of Roth & Associates. I'm the most experienced sales trainer in Cincinnati. I'm constantly amazed how salespeople operate. They believe a prospect asking for a proposal means the sale is as good as closed. Face it, trained prospects will turn you into an unpaid consultant. For over 20 years, we've been coaching, training, and challenging professionals who are 100% committed to long-term sales growth and profitability, no matter what it takes. If you're deadly serious about increasing sales, call me at 513-646-6523. Find out how Sandler Training can make you better, faster, and stronger. Or register now for our next open house, 513-646-6523. This is Mike Roth, the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. Hi, this is Mike Roth, founder of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. You've heard our commercials about sales and sales management, but you haven't made the call for some reason. Maybe you're having your best year ever. Maybe you think a sales development company won't work in your industry. You're different. I wish I had a nickel for every time I heard that. Maybe you're afraid that if you called, you'd buy something. If you're happy with all your sales and profits and believe you have all the answers or simply don't see yourself investing in yourself or your people, then don't make the call. We have nothing for you. For over 20 years, we've been coaching, mentoring, business owners, and sales professionals who are serious about their careers. So if you believe that Sandler Sales Training might make you better, faster, meaner, and stronger, call me at 513-646-6523 or register for our next open house, Roth & Associates, the most experienced sales trainer in Cincinnati. You can check us at www.rothconsulting.net. This is Mike Roth with Jeff Shepard. Jeff, let me ask you... Uh, a couple of questions that we like to ask our guests. Uh, you've been leading uh, several companies. Sure. Why don't you give our listeners, maybe other CEOs like yourself, a leadership tip that they can use? So, okay, so this is great. Um, this is a conversation last night. Um, we had a whole bunch of individuals over to our house for dinner and doing something with the university here. Uh, we talk, this is something that came up, and, you know, I was I was saying that, for me specifically, I think in situations where I have been been most effective as a leader in an organization, and the organization's been most successful, it's when I'm hiring people and building a team around me of people that are much much smarter than me, much you know better than me, more and, and really have the skill sets that are things maybe that I have no idea how to do. And when we started building MetaCheck, that's one of the things that we decided on. You know, right out of the gate, my CTO is brilliant. The guy's, you know, I've known him for almost 30 years, and and uh, have so much respect for him. And I think if you have respect for the people around you, you're dealing with brilliant people. 
and you're building a team of people that are much smarter than you, I think that makes you a great leader. Mm-hmm. But how many people do you have on the team now? Well, we have myself and my CTO are the, the kind of the driving forces behind the company, and then we have a, a group of programmers, and then we have um, somebody that we're just, just brought on board that's helping us with uh, our social media and, and publications and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Are you doing your programming here in Cincinnati? No, actually, um, not all of our programming is done here in Cincinnati. My CTO actually is splitting time between here and, and he lives in New York. Uh, primarily, he's in the process of falling in love with Cincinnati like I did. So I, I give mm-hmm. him about six months before he packs his family up and moves down here. And he, he, eventually, he'll do that. But um, but we you know we utilize talent from from folks that we've known all over the country, and even you know we have. We have one guy that we do we do quite a bit of consulting work with who's overseas who we've known for 15 years and he's brilliant as well and you know when you're building these companies and you're and you're you're on the cusp of something great you know utilizing people that you know their capabilities you have good working relationships with them and just dealing with the best people it really makes a difference in the final product mm-hmm. and we, we you know we feel really good about that and I think. You know, that, that talks to the, the leadership of the company. You know, myself, my CTO, you know, um, his, his name's Steve Buck. You know, we spend a lot of time, a lot of energy really um, talking about specific leadership issues and how to manage specifics, um, whether it's product development, people development, um, you know, talent acquisition, or it could be talent, uh, you know, talent building within the organization. So it's something that we, we spend a lot of time on. So right now, it doesn't sound like you have a sales team. You know, it's interesting. We um, we're in the process of we were in the process of hiring for a director of business development, and um, there was one gentleman that that I worked with probably about 15 years ago, and he w- he was by far the best salesman I've ever worked with, and um, he was in the logistics business at, when I met him, and then he's since moved into the pharmaceutical business, and he um, we we brought him in and interviewed him for the position, and what was fascinating was you know this position would have been leading salespeople. And, you know, what you find about salespeople is sometimes they don't want to lead anybody. They they know how to lead themselves. And Both with two different skill sets. Sure, sure. Sales managers and, and Sales management and is one skill set. Right. Selling and execution is a second skill set. Uh, so we, we brought him in for an interview, and he had put together his whole business plan for us and how he, he planned to scale our product into the market. And really, we were so impressed with what, what he wanted to offer, our challenge was we didn't have the product ready to sell him. So he's waiting in the wings. I, I have a feeling, and if he listens to this, he, he knows he'll be on the team. It's just a matter of time. And, um, you know, and it really just goes back to the leadership question, you know, bringing the very, very best people you can bring in. And sometimes you, you can't afford somebody or, or you, you know, there's something falls out of your control. And you have to be really creative and come up with a solution to bring that person in and figure out what, what is it going to take bring them in because the impact that they play and the role they would play in the company could be re- really powerful. And we know that. So, you know, and these are things that we talk about in our, in our, in our management meetings on a weekly basis. And, you know, talent acquisitions, when you get into sales and, and business developments, you know, that's, that's how the company grows. It's, it's not, company doesn't grow through building great technology. It grows through selling it. And mm-hmm. we, we've recognized that. Nothing happens until you sell that's it. That's right. And, Many companies make the classic mistake of taking their best salesperson and promoting him, to, him or her to sales manager, and then they wind up with an ineffective sales manager who doesn't have the sales management skills and competencies, and they short one salesperson. And so the sales, per, sales manager 
turns around and plays the role of a salesperson, which prevents them from hiring really the best salespeople. Yeah, we see it. We see it all the time. Yeah. Do you? I see it. I see yeah. it regularly. Yeah. And we and we, uh, we fix it here. It, your product seems like it would be a an app on a on a smartphone. Why did you go down the road of making it a separate box? Sure. So, kind of looking back at it, that was the decision we made when we recognized that our product would work the best for people that were, let's just say, post-70 years old. And what we found from our research was, and and this is changing, of course, but not not changing at a staggering rate, but was that about uh, 90% of the people over 70 years old weren't using devices regularly. So we thought, okay, so we have a great product. It's going to work for 10% of the population, and everyone else is ignoring that other 90%. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna let everyone else that's in our industry concentrate on that ten percent. We're gonna we're gonna go after the ninety percent and build a product that they can actually use, that the people over seventy can use. And that's why we went to our own device. That's why we went to our own hardware and built that. So we we looked at the larger problem. And what also what we found was, and this was really interesting, was the people that were using the technology over the age of seventy were in better health. You know, they they were more in most cases, which we found when we started digging in was interesting. It was the people that were using technology um, to make phone calls and to check the Internet and check their email, they were already using it to take care of themselves. So we didn't need to build another product for them. We needed to build a product for the people that weren't using the technology. We needed to build a really easy-to-use product. And, you know, we have um, one of the company's investors, and, and I would say one of our biggest, we, we like to call him, you know, our he's our guardian. He's one of our guardian angels, I guess you could say. And, I remember really specifically very early on, and we, we started talking about hardware, and he was he was really influential in our thinking around it. And he said, Jeff, you know, you're not, you got to think about it like this. This product has to be as easy to use as a toaster. And I know a lot of people have heard me tell this story, but it's really powerful. And so what we did was, you know, I went to Target, and, you know, I, I was driving my family crazy because I'd always, you know, go look at the, the, the appliances. And, and I was trying to figure out what it was about a toaster that was so easy. And, and I recognized it was... You know, and Hamilton Beach makes this fantastic toaster, and it has two buttons on it. And that's why it's so easy. It's two buttons. So what we recognized was that our product needed to be even easier to use than that. So our product has no buttons, no options, no menus, no features, nothing like that. You plug it in, and it works. And I remember Bob, you know, he said specifically, this thing has to be as easy to use as a toaster. And we, you know, we we codenamed the product uh, within our tech team, Toaster. We still call it a toaster on the office. I mean... You know, there's pictures of toasters up everywhere, and and it's something that really I think is is kind of when you build a foundation, you start a startup, a company, you, you gotta sometimes build around a theme or or have some sort of a, an influence or the direction you want to go as a company, and that was really something I think that we that we grab, grab uh, gravitated toward early on and, and really held on to for for the, the entire process of building that technology. And so you plug the thing about, in, and it's got no buttons. No buttons, no options, no on-off switches, nothing. It just, so it so, just so how, how does a patient put in what his pills are? So all that information is actually done. They call into us, or, mm-hmm. or we can even call them, set up an appointment, a call. We'll enter all that information on our end, and then all that information is just streamed down to the box through the cloud technology. So all that information is there. They just have to, in some cases, they'll have to log in. Depends how we set up the device for them ahead of time. We can make it real easy to use. We can add a couple complexities to it if they're, they're comfortable with that. We, we just we try to make the device really comfortable for 
for the individual to use and, and have success with. So when they take a, a pill, they just go up to the device and touch it? They touch the screen and that's it. So that's a, an interesting simplification. What happens to your company five years from now or 10 years down the road when the 60-year-olds or the 55-year-olds who are used to using portable electronic smart devices start needing many, many pills a day? You know, I, I get that question asked to me a lot. Um, you know, I look at a company like Apple, for example, and, you know, they've they've evolved from, from one product to the next product and really looking ahead down the road technology. We're doing the same thing now. So we're looking at what's coming, what are the future needs of technology in this space, how is what we're building now, how can we evolve that into what's next. And, and so we spend... You know, we we don't spend a lot of time really worrying about those sorts of things now, but but we do take time on a weekly, monthly basis to start those conversations and work that technology forward. Mm-hmm. Jeff, we have a, a theory of operation here uh, at Sandler that simple solutions to complex problems are invariably wrong. Perhaps you could share with our listeners and other CEOs a complex problem that you ran into and your equally complex solution that you use to solve it that they may be able to take into their world. So, you know, anytime you're building technology, I would say um, your problems are always more complicated than than you originally set out to, or is I guess they're more complicated than you originally think they are. And you know, we we looked when we started developing this technology and we started looking at it, um, we recognized very, uh, I guess, right out of the gate that the complexities on our product. Um, to make it work and to be successful really had to involve having the front end or the patient side of things simple, very simple. And we, you know, we've, one of, one of the taglines, I guess, or a mantra for our company is, you know, we make the complex simple. And we really focus on that. So utilizing a lot of technicalities on the back end of the product went from its a development standpoint, from the physician standpoint in some cases, we make the product very complicated, and it has a lot of different features, a lot of benefits, and that sort of thing. But when you move it into the patient's hands, it's a complicated problem if you don't make it simple. And that's what we learned very quickly. And just to give you an idea, I mean, our very first um, rendition of the software was beautiful. It was it was breathtaking. It had three-dimensional images and bright colors and and it was really aesthetically pleasing. And what we found was that the patients didn't like it. They thought it was too complicated looking. So we had to bring that those images. We had to we had to cut the we had to cut it back. We actually hired an, a design a designer to help us with that. And, and her specialty really was bringing things backwards. You know, kind of bringing things back to really a basic look. So mm-hmm. and so some people could say, well, you're you're that's a simple solution, but it's the complete opposite. Sometimes making something simple is extremely complicated and complex. And and that's what we found through build out and our development of our product. Yeah, because that's really interesting to uh, make a device for, for seniors and others uh, that has no buttons. It, yeah, and, and um, what was interesting was we really looked at some of the products that they were most comfortable with, uh, people over the age of 70 years old, and the things that we even found that were fascinating were on um, the difference between using a stove that had buttons as opposed to a stove that had dials or having a refrigerator. I mean, we found that some seniors over the age of 75 didn't want a refrigerator that did anything except with doors opening and closing. They didn't mm-hmm. want anything on the doors. 
They were very specific about the types of doors that they wanted. So, you know, I think I think one of the things, you know, and this was kind of a lesson that we learned as, as from a technology standpoint, and Steve and myself are very, very technically savvy people, and we spend a lot of time with technology. So we really had to adjust to the understanding of a lot of our prospective customers or clients and patients and, and understanding what they wanted and giving them that solution. And I think that was something that it was, there was a little bit of a learning curve in us getting to that. But now the way we look at the situation, every single situation is the same. You know, we, we go in and say, you know, what, what does the patient want? What does, what's the best solution going to be based on what they want? And then we build the product that way. And I think that was the, that was, that was what took us so long, I think, to get to out of the gate. And we learned a lot of great things along the way. But once we hit that, once we hit that uh, understanding, I think we became very successful quickly. So just from an operational perspective, if a patient has to take an aspirin and a vitamin pill at the same time with breakfast. Do, do both pills show up on the screen at the same time? Nope, they show up one at a time. So what it will do is it will tell them to take the first medication. There will be an option there for them to touch the button to take it. They'll take it. Then the next medication will come up. It will show them the high-resolution picture tell them how many pills they're, they're to ingest, they hit take. If there's any more medication in the regimen, they'll be asked to take those. If not, there'll be a little screen that comes up. It says, thank you very much for taking your medication. No, no more medications needed at this time. Have a great day. And, and at the next alert, they'll be able to, uh, they'll, they'll have their next, whether it's a vitamin or aspirin or it could be a, you know, could be any sort of medication prescribed by doctor. Mm-hmm. Good. Uh, Jeff, I want to thank you for uh, being on the show today, uh, despite the fact that we had a few technical problems. That's okay. I've I really enjoyed it. This was a lot of fun. Good. I'm, I'm giving you a copy of uh, one of the Sandler books, The 49 Sandler Rules. Uh, it came out a couple of years ago and uh, went to number one on the Amazon bestseller list for a while and then got picked up by the Wall Street Journal, went to number three on the Wall Street Journal list. You'll find in there a, a Sandler training calendar for Cincinnati and a complimentary free pass to come down to, to sit through one of one or two of our uh, Sandler training classes. Oh, great. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. This is this has been a lot of fun. I, I, I enjoyed it. Good. Thanks for coming, Jeff. And Scott, why don't you take it away? Thanks for listening. This program is the property of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, Inc. The show may be distributed only with written permission and then only in its entirety. If you have any questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net. Or call Mike at 513-753-9400.